Welcome back to Two C's with a pod. Man, Matt, there's something different about you this week. Can't quite. Okay. You got a tan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. I'm you look, wait. very bronzed. <laughs> you, you, you look <laughs> like you have you did you lose some age? Did you lose some weight? That's right. I instantly, um, weirdly, after Friday, um, at about four thirty, I instantly um lost ten years of age, like what, Benjamin Button. Where are the bags style. that are normally under your eyes? Where did those gone. go? Gone. Right, all gone. The the red out of the eyes. The um the constant um glare of stress and disappointment. Um, yeah, all all gone. Oh, dude, you know what? I got my finger on it. Summer Matt is back. Hey, welcome back, Summer Matt. Yes, yes, it is summer season. Summer Matt is back. Summer uh, guy. Uh, speaking of, I don't of like to rub it in. People get mad when you rub it in. Eh. I don't want to. It's okay. It is the only thing we get, really. So just be careful yeah, when well, people y'all, get mad. Y'all about last, this. you know, a week ago, y'all are ready to murder people. Oh, and this then, is like it's all. It's almost like <laughs> this is a fact. It's like this, like magical time comes y'all are ready to murder somebody and then all of a sudden this magical time hits and everybody just turn you just drop your knife and then a smile comes on your face and you know y'all start singing that everything is awesome song it's incredible it really is a a total it's really in some ways jarring you know like there is a level of um adjustment period that is needed for sure yeah i mean i can i guess i still remember i still remember school you know where like you would get to (laughs) uh you, you're just Students busting your ass to get to, to finals. Like sure. you're cramming, you're studying, you're super busy. You got no time for nothing. You're amped up on Mountain Dew and Oreos <laughs> and Red Hopefully Bull. Hopefully that's and, all. You know, yes. and whatever whatever those little white pills are that they give you um, yeah. to make your hair tingly. <laughs> not those, not those. No. Um, but yeah, no. And this, then you get to, right. you get to that last final and you're like, okay, now what? You know, right. and, yeah, yeah, so it, it is. Um, well, we're back for part two. Um, I hung part out two. with, I like uh, these, these are cool. Yeah, these, yeah, these yeah. multi episodical, I hung out with the, uh, the family, uh, the Pilcher family over the weekend. Uh, they were very pleased with part one. Oh, good. Um, good. And they were so pleased that I was allowed to have some of Dave's delicious pulled pork. Um, well, that, that's all. I mean, it was worth it then. Yeah. That's well, like a, just like trophy for well done. Yeah, so like it was just kind of a you know odd happenstance, as as you know, Annika broke her broke her wrist. Oh. Um, you know, very active child, so Sorry. I'm trying to find Sorry. things to keep her busy, and yes. so uh, we've been kind of taking nightly walks, just kind of to love that get her, yeah. get her moving because she can't do her cartwheels and you know all the stuff that she's sure. used to doing. Um, and we were walking, and we we noticed that Dave had some people out out by his pool, and. Uh, you know, we, we yelled at him and then he's like, well, you have to come over now. You have to come over now. You know, that would be strange uh, if you didn't. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, they wanted us actually to come over with the dog, but there was some real high grass and I don't like walking the dog through high grass. Cause you know, ticks are a real thing. Ticks are, ticks are for real. Yeah. They and suck. So, uh, so I took him home, got, you know, Annika and I got, got Kara and then went down. Uh, I had, uh, it was well past dinner time. So there was some cake and cookies out and they were making fun of me for eating just cake and cookies. And I said, well, I didn't get a chance to eat dinner because, you know, we've been bouncing around from grad party to grad party and stuff like that. And so, so Dave, uh, Dave brought me uh, some of his delicious pulled pork 
and apparently didn't like my compliment. And I thought this was a really good compliment, but I said, Dave, I like cake and I like cookies, and this is better than cake and cookies. Which that's a compliment. Of course, that's very accurate. Um, I mean, I would think it sounds the del- I mean, it sounds delicious. I can't wait. But you know, I mean the pilchers are all my favorite, but unfortunately my favorite favorite pilcher wasn't there. Um, but he's right. here. In, in, in our virtual space in this digital here, world. Recorded. Uh, this yes. is part two of my conversation with Bruce. Um, you know, we kind of get into, uh, we really get into the brass tacks of why I wanted to talk to Bruce. You know, we, we talk about the superstitions. Right. You know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to learn from Bruce so that when I am Bruce's age, my family does not have a family meeting intervention to where they do not allow me to watch Chiefs games. Um, I mean, there's a level of sure, sure. You don't want to get that that crazy in some ways, and it's 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 kind of a it's just what sports fans do. I don't know why we do this to ourselves, but yeah. Um, if you need like an intervention, then something yeah. is yeah. So wrong. Br- you know, Bruce is, and I think we do touch on this. Bruce is actually not allowed to watch the Cardinals games live. Yes, no, um, exactly. So we, um, we dig that's, into that's... the we, yeah we we dig into the genesis of that. We kind of understand his superstitions. Uh, there should be a show for this, like on yeah. ESPN, like an you know, like a sports intervention show for like dudes that are like that clearly okay. There's a lot of health things now, right? Health trends, health things. Like, dude, you need to not watch your favorite sports team. That is the most healthy thing you could do. <laughs> you know, you need you need like a a sports therapy coach, you know, that says, hey, you know, the one thing to cut out, and maybe they figure out a way, you know, to get your, you know, juices flowing in some other ways. But yeah, no, I get it. I'm terrible. I I say and do things when I watch the sports teams I like that are embarrassing. Yeah, I think I've told you the story about how I will decline um, invitations to go watch Chiefs game with other people. And like, I've been invited, like I've actually had to tell the, like the church people, will invite me and it's oh, like no that's a no. no 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 guys i'm sorry i i i can't i can't, I can't. do that no, um, that's that's a whole nother side of me that's yeah. a whole different thing um i did it with sporting the other day i got it was actually after out of excitement you know soccer is a whole different thing you know like you get it's it's so kind of built up built up nothing happens nothing happens right and then it happens and i don't handle that well so like i jump up and like start punching at the tv and do weird stuff you know and Tan- i'm just looking over at tanner and he is he has the most like horrified but like curious look like you know like like i assume what gorillas see you know on the out like when people look at them in the zoo you know that same kind of look of like wow this is fascinating but weird and gross kind of too <laughs> yeah it's uh so yeah bruce and, and i get they, into and, that and and our friend here goes through the same problem his family has had to step in and say this is not um, yeah he is not allowed to watch the cardinals live and yeah. uh he uh, you know so we kind of figure out okay how is he consuming the games now <laughs> right um good how did i contribute to his not inability to being able to watch there is a story in there on that oh, good. um cool. And then we kind of touch on this, uh, you know, Bruce is a massive memorabilia collector. Um, So we, we, we get into there and then, you know, we kind of have some, uh, some rapid fires that are like, like we're want to do with, you know, who's your least opponent, least favorite opposing player, Uh, you know, no repercussions. We go through a list of people that he sees on the street. Is he punching them? This is the, uh, 
this is a Matt Campbell staple. I love you know? I, this is a really good that is a bit we need to can really dig into. Yes, like the the would you punch them on the street yeah. quiz. Yeah, Hall of and Fame. And it's just a list of <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So you know, it's part of our rapid fire. Um you know. So, so I'll give, give us you a the few spoiler. That, yeah. His his is Don Dinkinger. Would you punch Don Dinkinger in the face if you saw him on the street? You right. Know, so we don't want to say what know, he says. Yeah, we don't. So but that's, all right. that's well, that's a pretty good jumping off point. That's kind of what uh, what Brucey and I talk about. So uh, we'll be back to wrap it up uh, here in, I don't know, 45 minutes or an hour or so. So awesome. Uh, we'll talk to you guys after that. For now, enjoy the conversation between Bruce and myself. Part two, all about the St. Louis Cardinals. Just a few players and teams questions. You know, we kind of breeze through. Yeah. Here's the World Series teams. We're good these decades. We're not so good these decades. Yeah. Um, can you give me your top five favorite Cardinals? Well, definitely, definitely Mutual. Okay. Definitely Brock. Stan the man. Definitely Gibson. Definitely those guys. And probably uh, a guy that didn't, that I really liked, was was this Ken Boyer, the third baseman? Okay, Ken Boyer. Ken Boyer. Yeah, nice. But see, his his image is tainted because he was such a horrible manager. Yeah. <laughs> this was the kind of guy that was so nice it was pitiful. You know what I mean? You know, Louis Leo Drosher used to say, "Nice guys finish last." There is some truth to that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> In baseball, anyway, there's some truth to that. Sometimes you have to be aggressive and almost mean spirited. And that's what made Gibson so interesting. He was a competitor's competitor. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'd, I'd heard that Michael Jordan used a lot of Bob Gibson's... Um, mental, mental state. Yeah, like yeah. the... Uh, uh, Jordan is famous for creating his... Um, oh, basically fabricating his motivation yeah like uh right. you know fabricating these slides that's right and the the, the story i've heard um bob gibson was similar to that, that yeah he would fabricate bob gibson would not fraternize with the other team yeah and he he resented his teammates fraternizing with the other team which he would not do well in today's. <laughs> oh, no, no. They practically hug each other yeah. before the game. Well, I mean, shooting, you know, like uh, jumping over to the NBA, it's like these guys, they might as well just at the start of the season have Durant be a captain, Steph Curry, <laughs> LeBron, and, uh, you know, maybe another that guy. That would drive Gibby and then crazy. And then figure out who, who, where they're going to play. And yeah. Um, yeah, Gibson was with one of these guys that if you were on the opposition, you were the enemy, so to speak. Yeah. So – you and what I liked to... about Gibby was he would not come out of a game, man. Yeah. You know, this is another sad thing about him. In the 70s, he really went downhill. He went downhill fast. He's still pitching in the 70s, and guys like, uh, there was a guy named Tony, but I can't remember his last name. He hits about 174, and I'm watching this game, and Gibby gets beat by this 174 hitter. Mm-hmm. And I thought, God, he would have wasted this guy in the, in the previous years. Yeah, and this guy beats him because he's in the twilight of his career. He can't even get these slow guys out or these weak hitters. But he won't retire. Mm -hmm. he, told, he told Red when Red was a manager, don't come out here unless I ask for you. <laughs> if, and if you're coming out to pull me out, 
you better know why you're doing it because I'm not leaving easily. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you know, we, we don't... Do you any idea how much these guys were making? Oh, not the money. You know, Stan Musial was the first 100,000 ball player. Okay. Stan Musial. And uh, Gussie Bush was our ma- was our owner for many years. And, of course, Bush Stadium and everything's because of him. But he wanted Stan to be the first $100,000 player. And Stan got it. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, Williams and some of these guys that got that money were so appreciative that they would Williams said if I don't hit Sutton since I will give some of the money back yeah now can you imagine that right yeah and this is I mean a few years ago I can't remember who he was the Royals really got beat I think it was somebody named Gil is his first name I don't remember you offered big money and that guy never panned out mm-hmm. never panned out and there are stories like this people really wasting a lot yeah, of money all over the place and they just don't pan out. Well, in those days, you rewarded them, but they felt generous, too. They felt like they got to produce. Yeah. They didn't feel like that, that this was, they earned it. They felt like they had to make sure it was earned. So a guy, so tell me a little bit about, like, let's talk a little bit about the finances. Of, yeah. So when you were a kid, and you're 10 years old, and you're going to these games, do you remember how much the tickets cost? Oh, very cheap. And like yeah. five cents? Maybe not that cheap, but it was definitely it was probably less than a dollar. Okay. And boy, the school scorecards were almost a nickel. Yeah. Nickel. And you know, Andy, I'm sad that I never kept many of those scorecards, because you could even sell some of those scorecards now. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, at the time, if I would have saved a, a scorecard even just for one year, over the years, I would have a marvelous collection of storm scorecards. But here's another thing that's lost. People don't score games very much. Do no. you score any games when you go to Royals? Not anymore. I used to when yeah. I was a kid. My dad still scores them at home and in person when he's into games. And people all look around. What's he doing? What's he doing? I said, he's scoring. What's that? <laughs> What's that? Yeah. Are you a baseball fan or just a spectator? Come on, yeah. a fan knows what the scoring is. Yeah. <laughs> so is it something that – was that something that is – was very common back then oh, because yeah. there was no we scored games because there was no big scoreboard That's telling right. you that no elaboration your scoreboards scoreboards were pretty simple they they were okay and they had yeah. the other team scores but nothing else yeah now you get a whole bunch of data all the time yeah you get a whole bunch of data it's almost like a magical thing up there yeah. this guy's hitting 432 on tuesdays yeah. <laughs> night games against right-handed yeah. players and they got a picture after 8 they got a picture and you see he's got a mold on his chin yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, yeah i really yeah. i really look at the changes have, has been so dramatic yeah so dramatic so you know you've been a fan lifelong yeah how many meetings run-ins anybody Anybody stand out that you met? Oh, God. I've had wonderful memories. Yeah. And I, I, I met Musial and got his autograph before he died. And I also inherited a ball from a friend, a signed ball from Stan. And I also have a Lou Brock signed ball that I have among many souvenirs. But I met Stan one time up in Alton, Illinois. He was up there for the sign. And the picture we got was of him and Terry Moore and Enos Slaughter. And that was a very famous outfield. Moore was a center fielder, probably the least publicized. And the second guy was Enos Slaughter, who also had a great career. And, of course, Stan and I got them all three on mm-hmm. that picture. 
boy, that's a saber if I ever saw so, one. Bought the picture, took the picture. Uh, you ha I had to buy the picture, and then the autographs were, but it wasn't a real expensive autograph. You know, you know what Pujols gets for an autograph? 150 bucks. Yeah. And he won't even sign his real name. He only signs A. Pujols. Do you know his real name is Jose Albert Pujols? The reason I know that is because I have some minor league cards that okay. he signed for me in Peoria, Illinois. Jose A. Pujols. He probably only signs that way in a, in a legal document. Yeah. Yeah, it's the memorabilia. You know, I, I remember, like, my generation, I think, is probably the first that collected baseball yeah. cards and right. put them in, like, oh, boxes. Yeah, we, and kids used to use them on their bicycles. I was going to say, that that was the uh, the... My dad would say, yeah, we'd take these things and put them in the spokes of our That's bicycle right. because we like the, the right. sounds the sound that it made. That's right. Um, so I, I can't tell you how many wonderful baseball cards we probably wasted yeah. that way. That now now only the collectors have them, and they, of course, get big money when they sell it. Well, I mean, you're seeing the market. I don't know if you keep Markets up with this, blue. but yeah. yeah, when you were talking about your usual signed you know yeah. i mean now here's the thing you got to get it authenticated you got to get it you know is. and you got to get this uh and it's, See, that, it's not just good enough is. for it to be you know game used game worn it's got to be authenticated it's yeah. got to be you know all of this and that's why i couldn't get a lot of money for this valuable stuff i can't yeah. authenticate it i would never lie to you and tell you that i sure 90 percent of them the only 10 percent i have is trading with other traders with a, no, not traders in the t-r-a-d-e or yes yeah. But that's the only 10% of mine. Yeah. 90% of them I either got in person or at a show where I'm seeing them sign it. But yeah. Well, you know, you talk about like pool holes. You know, I, I've got a few friends that are relatively famous and, yeah. you know, a, kind yeah. of a, not a baseball, you know, like kind of, I guess, a C level genre. Right. And, you know, they'll go and, into an airport and people will recognize yeah. them, ask them to sign something and then yeah. they'll walk down the walk down the way and they'll right. see that this guy's got a duffel bag of stuff yeah that and that's what really hurts that's and that's where really these guys are like no i'm not going to sign this some of the um, some of these guys are poachers really they really are yeah. andy they they work it all the time it's almost like a job for them because they're selling so much yeah, it is a job and it's sad because they ruin it for people like myself that really like the collecting just for the enjoyment of mm -hmm. it, not for what I can get out of it. And here's an interesting thing about Brett. Brett does not like to sign. Brett won't even come down to the Cardinal or to the Royal Caravan, where where all your Royal fans are in January. You ever been to one of those? No. I've no. been to two or three. Well, actually, I've been to about five of them. And those Royal guys are wonderful. But Brett won't even show up. Yeah. No, I don't want to get off on him except for this. I'm up at Iowa one time in Des Moines, Iowa, and they have a card show. Stan Musial is supposed to show up. Okay, Andy, he's supposed to show up. Guess what? Stan gets sick. Who shows up? George Brett. George Brett. Now, your people who are listening are probably going to be very angry at me when I tell them this. I have seven baseball cards signed by George Brett. <laughs> I suspect that many of his relatives aren't that fortunate. <laughs> <laughs> what about anybody surprise you the other way? That, oh. like, you know, they, you know, they say you never yeah. meet your heroes. Is there anybody that uh, I've had some bad experiences? It? Yeah, the worst was with a minor league manager of all things, named Mal Fishman. 
Now this guy only had one or two baseball cards and they were minor league cards. And I decided, well, I'll get him signed. I go over to this guy and he won't come over. I'm at the edge of the deck out. He won't come over. He finally comes over and he said, what do you want? I want you to sign. He looks at my card and throws it down on the, on the cement and walks away. Andy, I got to tell you, I didn't cry then, but I did later. How old were you? Oh, just maybe 10, 15 years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely 60 years old. Yeah. Still doing this hobby that my son started, but that's another story. But anyway, the guy broke my heart. I've never been, I've been shunned, shunned before, mm-hmm. but never mistreated like that. Yeah. That was a mistreatment. And he was a minor league? Minor league manager. No, no bedside manner whatsoever. I yeah. mean, the guy was just a jerk. Yeah, and where and was, that, was it? This was a... in Springfield, Illinois. Okay. And they weren't even... Springfield used to have minor league teams, but at that time it was independent teams. But that that was... See, you have that kind of shit happen once in a while. Yeah. It won't happen that often. Yeah, but, but you will. remember it. Yeah. You know. It... And, and David had something similar to that. When David used to get the Padres, mm-hmm. Gary Templeton was not a real nice man either, and he played for both the Padres and Cardinals. Incidentally... Templeton was the trade guy when we got Ozzy. Okay. We sent Templeton to the you Padres. Know, I, I, for some reason, I knew that, and here's why I knew Gary Templeton. Um, so in the 70s and 80s, yeah. the Afro was yeah, that's a right. very popular hairstyle. Good point, Andy. And these guys, like we had a dude named U.L. Washington. Yeah. Always, always had a toothpick. Yeah, toothpick But I Washington. always liked the guys with the... The afro, the afro, the afro yeah. baseball cards, and Gary Templeton, Gary Templeton had an amazing afro. You're with, right. Like the hat would be on there, and the afro would be. I've out, got like, that card too, <laughs> yeah. Andy. If you ever want to yeah, see it, because <laughs> uh, I mean, I started collecting baseball cards. It was like eighty. I think it was like from like eighty two to say eighty seven, yeah, eighty eight, yeah. maybe maybe into eighty nine. Yeah. Um, but you know, kind of around 87, 88, 89, yeah. that's when it really started becoming yeah. a business. Because yeah. I remember there was this place called The Dugout. Right. And you could go in there and you could buy, yeah. you know, individual cars. And there was a real good place out in Wichita, Kansas. There was a real good baseball card shop. Yeah. Because at one time the Padres were in Wichita. That was their double-A farm team. So we went out there a, year, a couple of times and that's his I think it was Rocky's dugout shop and he had a lot of good cards go back to Templeton briefly yeah okay Templeton he was me so today. Templeton might Tem- be my favorite player now <laughs> I don't know. tell me the story Templeton will be my favorite Templeton's walking beside a guy named Chris Brown these are Padres and David gets this Chris Brown a young player to stop and so this Chris Brown is signing and here comes Templeton what in the heck are you signing that kids for and this Brown just quits. This guy's a veteran. He's telling me not to sign. Yeah. And so we miss out on this Chris Brown, and and I can still see David's. Why would he do that? How old was Dave? Oh, David was. Let's see. Thirty-six. No, 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 (laughs) no. Oh man. So Templeton, Templeton was the '80s. So Dave would have been. Yeah, he would have actually. David was still pretty young. I keep forgetting about before ten. Yeah, yeah. Because he would have only been about fourteen, fifteen years old. Yeah, because if uh, if I'm remembering Templeton, because see, he was born in '76. Yeah, and I'll bet you this was in the late '80s. So what was in? So Templeton would have been towards the end of his career then. Yeah, because Templeton, 
Interestingly enough, do you know one, another tidbit about him? He actually had 100 balls from both sides of the plate. Yeah. He was a switch hitter. Not too many people have done that. Rose has done it, but Templeton did it as a cardinal. He won 100 from the left, 100 from the right. But you know where his downfall was? He hit a triple one time, a triple, and he's coming around to third, and for some dumb reason, I don't know what happened. He got thrown out or something, and the fans start booing him, and he gives the fans the finger. That was it with Whitey. Yeah. That was it with Whitey. Get this guy out of here. Because Ozzy was Ozzy started his career as a Padre. Yeah. And and because I, I think and I, I don't a, know I don't know. See, Whitey was a good assessor of talent, yeah. and Whitey spotted something in this guy, and he said, "I want I want Smith, even though he's a defensive guy." And Gibson was this guy who said, "Give me the best second baseman and shortstop and center fielder you can get. I want those guys for defense." Yeah. He wanted Dow Maxfield to play second base, even though Dow hit probably 180. But he said, Maxfield's got to play if I play. I want that kind of defensive guy up the middle. Because those teams I remember, so, yeah. you know, again, let's call it the mid-80s, yeah. that 85 team. You're, you had uh, Willie McGee in center. Yeah. And then you had uh, Ozzie at short. Yeah, Ozzie at short. Uh, Tommy Herr. Pendleton. Yeah, Pendleton third. third. Now, there's Pendleton a good guy was your to talk third, about. Third baseman. Tommy Herr yeah, was Tommy your Herr's second. second baseman. Jack Clark was your first And you guy. had Hernandez. You had Hernandez. Keith, Keith Hernandez. Hernandez. Yeah, before he became a Met. Um, and, and then you had and, – and So eight. Vince Coleman was your left fielder. And yeah, then and then got, we had a guy named George Hendrick for a while. Okay. They called him Silent George. And then who was your, your catcher was Porter? No, no, Porter after – let me think here. Porter, yeah, Porter for a while. Pretty I'm sure I don't remember who after Porter. I'm having a little blank. Oh, no, Molina didn't come along that early. No, Yachty's. Uh, yeah. yeah, Yachty's a yeah. uh, re- I'll have to look that up yeah. sometime. But, uh, yeah, Tommy Herr was, uh, you know. Tommy was serviceable second baseman. And, like, the Royals behind their middle infielder was uh, um, you had Frank, Frank White, White, and then Willie Wilson was Willie in center. Willie Wilson. And who then, was your uh, shortstop? Just two of the greatest names ever. Onyx Concepcion. <laughs> <laughs> It's just fun to say. And Buddy Biancalana. Oh, Buddy. <laughs> Buddy oh, Biancalana, man. Those are, those are some fun. Those are, yeah. I, don't, you know, I don't think you they know, were. You know, Buddy was a scout. I got yeah. Buddy one time at a minor league ballpark. <laughs> <laughs> Buddy Biancalana. I mean, it's just fun to say. Yeah, like, it you know, you just, like, it just puts a smile on your yeah, face sure saying Buddy Biancalana. But that Templeton story is so interesting because this guy was such a jerk when he played. Okay, later on, he's a minor league manager up at Cedar Rapids, Iowa, okay? And, of course, that's when, I don't know if David was weaning off then or not, but I was still going on a whole hog. Yeah. For me to drive over from Jacksonville in order to Cedar Rapids, Iowa, that's a three-and-a-half-hour trip. Just to get minor league autographs? Are you insane? Okay, anyway, to make a long story short, Templeton's their manager. And Templeton's sitting out somewhere on a, on a fence right before the game. And I said, that bastard never signed for me when he played. I wonder if he will now. Yeah. I walked over to him, and I, I said, would you sign Mr. Templeton? He kind of looks at me. You as an adult getting this? I said, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan. And I, I took a big risk, mainly because mm-hmm. I didn't like him. I said, you never liked to sign as a, as a player, did you? And he just looked at me for the longest period of time, and he said, I should have been different. Huh. He actually said that. Now, I can't, I don't think you've told a lot of people that. Yeah. But I had enough guts to ask him why it was like that, and he, he fessed up. Yeah. He fessed up. You know, people do change. Yeah. Know? 
I think he realized that, you know, when he was a player, he didn't want to be bothered. As a manager, he realizes more the value of the fan. Well, and I think your position, your position is your perspective, right? It, it, as a player, he probably just wanted to get on the bus. Right. You know, he wanted to, okay, if I, you know, and it's kind of that, okay, if I sign for this, if I sign for one, I have to sign for all, you know, because at some point, you know, they cut the line. At some point, oh, this guy was a jerk because he didn't sign. Well, you didn't see the other hundred that I signed. Yeah. Yeah, you got to you got to cut know, slack so to some degree. You really do. Yeah. I agree, Andy. You got to cut slack to some degree. Well, we're 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 not running out of time, but we're we're kind of we're on the downside here. Yeah. So I've okay. got some uh, I've got some general questions and okay. I've got some rapid fire questions. Okay, if brother. you're I'm if ready. you're ready, to, I'm ready. Now, before we get there, I want to know have we have we gone through the history of the Cardinals very nicely? Have we gone through uh, your favorite memories? Have we? Is there any other one other favorite about? memory? Talk to me. I like a guy named Glenn Brummer. I know you've heard of him. <laughs> okay. Tell me about him. Glenn Brummer, probably a third-string catcher, utilitarian player from Olney, Illinois. Played with us in the 80s. Okay, Glenn doesn't even start every day, but one day against the Giants, he starts. And we had a, a, an umpire who was a rookie umpire, and he was having a bad game. Both sides were yelling and screaming at him. Okay, toward the end of the game, it's still a tie game toward the end of the game, and I think it's the ninth inning. Glenn's standing on third base, okay, standing on third base. It gets up to two and two on the count, and Glenn takes off for the plate. He's going to steal home. Okay, he's safe, but the umpire, seeing him come over, jumps clear out from behind so he can watch that and doesn't watch the ball. And they claim, at least Mike Shannon on the broadcast, mm-hmm. that it was strike three. <laughs> it was strike three. But the umpire is out of position. Safe. So, and, and Brummer is in as a stolen base, wins the game. It's the only thing we ever remember about Glenn Brummer. <laughs> and it was promulgated because the umpire was out of position. So how does that work on a, on a steal of home? A steal of home? Yeah. If you the- have to take off with the delivery, but you need a good lead. And you have to be fast. Now, people like Henderson have done it several times. Yeah. But usually it's only a speed merchant. So if if you try to steal home yeah. and the pitcher steps off the rubber, right. he's throwing to throw you out. That's right. If he stays on the rubber and throws, it's I, a pitch. Yeah, it's a pitch. And A, a ball or a strike. See, where it sometimes screws them up is if they stop in the middle of the delivery, it could be called a balk. And if you got a balk, then he gets it automatically. Okay. So they have to go through with their delivery when they see him run. And this guy did. Yeah. But the umpire, watching this runner more than the ball, jumps over out of the position and doesn't even call the pitch. Oh, the Giants went crazy. Cardinals are out celebrating. The game's over. The umpire runs. To and the what, year, what year was this? Oh, this was sometime in the 80s. In the 80s, Sometimes yeah. in the 80s. But it's always a play I remember. And I got that Brummer's. Uh, autograph one time and he just smiled because everybody asked him about that. Sure. I mean, shit, he puts to tell everybody they ever signed. Yeah. Yep. And then he, he gets so much mileage out of that. So much mileage. Well, and that's the thing, you know. I mean, he that nondescript he, player has the one <laughs> amazing moment that people always remember about An, him. Another so. thing that I got to witness, and that is something very unusual. We had a guy named Mike Lauga, and I don't even remember the year. 
and this was in the, the ba baseball stadium that was still around till 66. Okay. So I mean, that, wait a minute. Uh, it started in 66, that baseball stadium. Now we have a different one now. Yeah. So I you think had old, you had Bush Stadium that was kind of the, yeah, the, the circle dome. with yeah, the, circle. This is the one. It kind of had the arcs. Yeah, you got there. it right. That's the one. And then now this you guy got new is, Bush. This guy is left. Is left <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hits the ball over that dome. Or, I mean, over that third deck. Goes out of the ballpark. That's a monster o hit. Only time in history yeah. is foul ball. That ball went out of the stadium. The yeah. only time. I wonder who got that ball. Uh, that's a monster hit. To hit it out of there. Mike Logga. That's a name nobody remembers except for the foul ball he hit out of the stadium. All right. You ready for your general questions? Yeah, All right. right. This, is, this is really, this is where you, you help me. Okay. Because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm on the path <laughs> to be you. Yeah, you're I'm on the on, path. I'm on the path. Uh, so tell me about your superstitions. Oh, superstitions in baseball? Yeah. Oh, Just God. specific to the Cardinals. Oh, man. I have to wear an Edmonds jersey. When it's an important game. Today. Not today, but when it's an important game. Okay. I've had that jersey on not only in six when we won, but some of the playoff games in 11. Whenever we need a win in a crucial game, I'll wear Edmonds, Jim Edmonds' jersey. And he was a good player, but that's just one superstition. Another thing and we can show that was, uh, is we always, my brother and I and father always wear these jersey shirts. Always wear these jersey shirts. Okay. That, so, always. That's always a thing. Another superstition we have is if we have a, a scorecard, which we you always get, and a pencil, and the pencil is used in a win, <laughs> my brother will mark the score on the pencil and never use it again. <laughs> How many pencils does he have? <laughs> Thousands. Okay. With with the score, but it's always a cardinal win. Once they win, once they win, that's a magical, magical pencil, and you can never use. So it see, again. I thought you were gonna say once you, once you they win yeah. with one that you keep using. Yeah, it. that's right. But that would be natural, but, you know. Yeah. But no, but he doesn't want to break that cycle. No. That that so pen's he, special because it got a victory. It got a it got a W. <laughs> yeah. um, those are just some of them. There's others too, Andy. But that those are the most prominent ones I think of. So. The famous story is you are not allowed to watch Cardinals games. Oh, Andy. Is this, uh, is this true? Andy. Well, first of all, is this, a true, is this a true statement? That David and Sarah, we haven't talked much about Sarah. Yeah, they, well. They have banned you from watching. Well, I've done some stupid things, Andy. Okay. Very stupid things. I was working as a hospital chaplain, and we took a whole bunch of people down to a Cardinal game, okay? Now, Joaquin Andahar has an interesting history. As you remember, he was our starting pitcher. In that '85 Andahar game, and, Andahar and Andahar Tudor were your yeah. studs. And and old Andahar was a loose cannon. He, he never knew what he was going to do. And the guy had one bad habit. He always had an inning against him. You know, there's pitchers. Some pitchers always will have this one bad inning. Mm -hmm. Carlos, or not Carlos, Joaquin was famous for that. I'm sitting with a bunch of Cub fans. We all came down on the bus. Some of us Cardinal fans. And this asshole has a terrible inning. They got seven or eight runs. I'm just beside myself. So I whip out and throw up my cushion out on the field. Well, this is a no-no in any league. In any league. The usher comes to get me, and they were going to kick me out of the ball yard. And here I am with these 
all these other fans. And these other fans come up and say, no, don't, don't kick him. Don't kick him out. We'll make sure he doesn't do anything wrong anymore. And I, this, this, this is me. I just cannot stand losing. So how do you consume the games now? Well, so you're you know, not allowed the computer to... is wonderful. So you're not allowed to go? No, the computer is wonderful, Andy. But when was the last game you went to? Oh, boy. In person? Well, in person, last, we went last year, and we couldn't even get in the ballpark. We had to stand oh, on the outside. Oh, because of the, yeah. the virus. So I, I, can, I can live with them in person, although I don't, I'm, not a, I'm not a, what shall I say, comfortable fan. I'm tense. And I, the, people laugh because they say, to Bruce, there is no safe lead. There's no safe lead yeah. with Bruce. It'd be twelve to one with two out and a runner at first, and I'm still nervous. You know, I was convinced that the Tennessee, <laughs> I was convinced the Tennessee Titans were going to come back and win the AFC Championship game two years ago. Yeah. When uh, they got, they were down thirty-five to seventeen. They got an onside kick. I'm like, here we go. Yeah, I know. Here well, we go. you guys still remember the Colts on that sure one. Sure, we remember everything. I mean, you, see, you this know, is what happens to a guy like me. I can remember it, and and I can't handle it. I just don't handle it well. So it's wiser for me. Not to do something stupid. I was over at David's. Maybe you weren't there that day. And they told me the score when I thought we had the game won. And I jumped in his pool. That was my favorite story, Bruce. <laughs> I actually... Do you remember this story? Do you remember this? Not in, entirely. Okay, so this is the... Uh, this is one of the first times that I'd brought those loaded pina colada smoothies. <laughs> I'm going to tell the story. I was actually going to tell it as part of the open. Okay. Um, but I'm going to tell it here. Uh, so it's either... I wanted to say it was either well, it was either Drew's party, yeah, or it was I think it was Fourth of July. Yeah, I want to say it was Fourth of July because there were a lot of people there. Yeah, and I brought those loaded pina coladas. Yeah, and I'm going around passing them out. And I give you one, and uh, I'm like, now, Bruce, you know this has alcohol in it, and you yeah. said, well, I, I don't, I don't drink a lot, but I'm not a mean drunk or anything <laughs> like that. But I don't, I don't drink a whole lot. And Sarah comes up to me. Yeah, uh, we haven't talked much about Sarah. Sarah's no. your daughter. Yeah, um, and she uh, she's like, "Hey, how many of those has, has my dad had?" And I said, "I don't know, three or four. And I told you at the first one, I said, "Now, Bruce, yeah, you're not gonna tasty. you're not gonna taste the rum in here, but I promise you, there's a lot in there. Like, yeah, you're you're not gonna taste it." And you're like, "No, these are these are really good. These are really good." <laughs> well, the next thing I know is, I think Mark told you that. Cardinals had lost two to one. I know you were up one to nothing well, into the ninth, and that Bryce Harper hit a two-run homer in the yeah, ninth. Right, and you ran out fully clothed and jumped in David's pool. That's right, and that's a true story. Unfortunately, later, and the other thing is, is that Bryce Harper indeed did not hit a home run. Yeah, and the Cardinals ended up winning that game one to nothing. Yeah. Uh, but you came back out. It was fire. It was Fourth of July because we were all doing fireworks. Yeah. And you came back out, and I said, uh, "Hey, Bruce, uh, what, why are your pants all wet?" <laughs> Do you remember what you said to me? No. You said, "Well, Andy, I had all those rum drinks you gave me." <laughs> and I said, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, Bruce, no, no, we are not putting this on Andy. This is not an Andy thing." And Mark told me this, and so I jumped in the pool. Ah. Uh, I know, That's Andy. Still one it's of my almost favorites. a curse. It's, it's almost a, a curse to take the games that seriously. You know what? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, a, a person should enjoy it more than feel tense about it. Yeah, and I, I am the exact same way with 
yeah. with the Chiefs. Like uh, these Apple Watches. Yeah. Like if your heart rate gets to a certain point, yeah. it'll ask you, "Do you want to log a workout?" Right. So, the Carolina game last year, um, like they were lining up for like yeah. a ninety-yard field goal. And my watch clicked to me. It's like, do you want to log an outdoor walk? <laughs> you know? Like, are you kidding? Like, am I that? Am I that? Like, uh, my heart rate had gone up I, to the I, point where my watch thought that I was, <laughs> and I was at the game. My watch thought that I was there. Yeah. That, that I was taking a walk. You know, I, I wonder what it would be like if we were a family member about an important player. I remember Fran Tarkenton, remember him? He uh-huh. played for the Vikings. Yeah. And I don't know if it was a playoff game or what, but anyway, his father got so excited he had a heart attack during the game. I don't think he died, but he had a heart attack during the game. And I thought to myself, you know, when Sarah played, I used to walk around the ballpark all the time because she played softball and she was pretty good. But here it was again, I'm just tensed about the possibility of losing. Yeah. So I'm walking around and the parents are looking for me. <laughs> so uh, I find myself at my kids' games yeah. so much more relaxed. Yeah. Like, well, that's good. Man. Um, I don't, and and perhaps it's that you know they're 14 and seven and they're yeah. not on comp teams and you know haven't spent a lot of money and time. Right. But yeah, Andy, you're a better role model. See, I'm not a good role model. Oh, that's that. Uh, I don't know about that, Bruce. I don't know. Uh, I mean, and and it's just because I hate losing so much. Yeah. And I hate that defeatist feeling. And then I can comfort somebody, but I can't comfort myself. Yeah, it's one of those things where you, because I, I mean, I, I have these same thoughts as yeah. far as like I have played. Zero downs. I have attended zero practices. I've attended zero meetings. Um, Why am I letting this... Why am I letting this impact my joy and my happiness? You know, like... um, You know, these people that as soon as the clock hit three zeros... I never watched the end of the Super Bowl. I saw... um, The last thing I heard was Jim Jim Nance saying, uh, and one last indignity... Yeah. Ball flutters up. Yeah. They pick Mahomes off, and I'm like, Yeah. Now, the mature Andy actually just turned the TV off instead yeah. of like taking a golf club to it. <laughs> <laughs> I still have the TV, but you know, that TV is on, that TV is probably about two losses away from being replaced. <laughs> uh, but yeah. it, it's one of those things where it's like, wait, this is so much of my. So much of my happiness, so much know, of my joy yeah. is tied in how this team that I have, like I have associated myself so much with this team, and I haven't earned a penny. No. Not one cent of wage has ever come from them. No. Not one. You haven't bet you know, on the games or anything. I haven't, I haven't gotten. It, and it actually got to the point where I would stop playing. Uh, I didn't play DraftKings when mm-hmm. the Chiefs were playing. Yeah. And when I would play DraftKings, right. I wouldn't play the I wouldn't play Chiefs, and yeah. I wouldn't play guys that were against them. Right. You know, and I mean, here's a fantasy sports thing where you're putting money on it. Yeah. And I'm purposely saying, I don't want Patrick Mahomes on my team. Yeah. Because I don't want to jinx that he might get. Yeah, I hear you. Know? you and got so superstition, it, sure. So it's one of those things where, like, and I wore the same shirt. I changed shirts after losses. Yeah. So right. last year, and, and here's the thing that, that threw me off last year. Should I have changed my shirt after the Chargers game? 
because they lost the last game of the season, but yeah. it didn't matter. None of the right. starters played. Right. You know, and it was one of those things where I was like, I didn't even, you know, yeah. I, I only kind of went through the motions of watching it, but it was kind of like, eh, whatever, you know, we're, we're the one seed, you yeah. know, and, um, you know, so it's kind of one of those things where it's like, well, do I, you know, I'm, I'm I guess I'm the, uh, the anti-mark and that, yeah. you know, if they lose, then I'm taking the shirt off. Yeah, right. If they keep winning, this is a shirt that keeps, yeah, absolutely. keeps well, getting that, worn. He does that with the Edmund shirt, but yeah. not with the pencils. Yeah. So it's another particularity. <laughs> yeah, and like, uh, yeah, I mean, the, it's, uh, it is it is an interesting thing how we do get so emotional oh, and so tied up. Gibson's and, word for the fan is fanatic. Yeah. That's what he says, they're fanatics. Yeah. Well, and the other thing, and too, And I think is, to some degree, the problem is, Andy, and like Sarah, Sarah can watch these games without any trouble. She's been a player. She, she's played. She knows the possibility of losing are very evident. Yeah. Where with me, you know, I, the best I ever did in a junior high game was six points, and I was the 15th person out of the 15 that I had. So I have no playing experience to speak yeah. of. You know, I I think that if you had a kid on the team, I think your nerves would be different. Yeah. Um, I, I also I controlled it a little more, Andy, but yeah. I still was very nervous, very nervous. Well, I think the nerves are not necessarily a wins and loss. No, it's, it's partly because of, you don't want your kid to be disappointed. Is my kid going to get hurt? Yeah, or hurt. Um, you know, hurt physically, hurt emotionally. Yeah. Are they going to be disappointed if they yeah. they lost? Because you you've seen the hard work that goes into yeah. this. And so I think that's where that... That's a good point, Andy. That disappointment and I think that's is. It. I think you, you really want them to succeed, yeah. but you don't want them to feel so deflated if they don't. And how do you deal with that deflated feeling right. without being artificial or superficial? What's that... Uh, what was that show? It was about the Red Sox. Yeah. And there was like the super fan. That's right. And he saw, like, I think it was Johnny Damon and somebody yeah. else at a bar, and he's like, how can these guys be at a bar after they lost this? Yeah, They're down 3 right. nothing yeah. in this... How can these guys be at, at this bar? And, you know, I think you kind of yeah. realize that, you know, it'd be like you and I leaving yeah. leaving work on a bad day. Right. Yeah. I'll be back tomorrow. Yeah. You know, like, uh, oh, oh well, today didn't go my way. I'll be back, you know. You know, I'll give a new, just new shot briefly tomorrow. about Johnny Damon. I saw him play in the minor leagues, and hit, I think he hit 363. Yeah. He was that good. That guy was a great ball player. Yeah, yeah. And very, very fast. Very, very fast. All right, buddy. Well, we are – I told you I'd get you out of here around one. this time. Is so already one? We're, get, we're, we're getting there. I've just got a few rapid-fire questions okay. for you. All, All right. right. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. Um, how many pieces of Cardinals apparel do you own? In the thousands. Thousands. Yeah, shirts, the... hats? Well, shirts and hats in the hundreds. Shirts, hats, hundreds. Okay. How Probably you... around 100 with the hats and the shirts both. I'll say 90 to 100 on those. Now, when you got memorabilia and the cards and everything, then yeah. you're in astronomical numbers. Okay. Um, how often do you wear Cardinals apparel? Oh, at least once a week. At least once a week. Every like day? Sure. No, not every day, but just like this. I'll put this on at least a couple of times every week. Okay. Or something similar to it. Uh, favorite game? Favorite game might have been that freeze home run. In eleven to to beat the the Rangers, yeah. Gene Freeze yeah. was a big hero in that series, and uh, I also like Gene Freeze because 
I was down to a spring training game, and he came out of there and just really nice fella. Yeah. Signed a lot of stuff and talked to us. You know, that has a bearing on whether you really remember, remember something. Yeah, I think anytime you have a positive experience with uh, with same yeah. um, least favorite opponent's player. Mm. I never liked Rose very much because of his arrogance. But we could talk a lot about. Did what he a, destroy you? Like, uh, did I, he? I used like, to really get mad at him, and he was. Because David and I've had this conversation about like why I don't like John Elway. Well, like I, I looked at a, uh, a well, stat that. Oh, just too many heartaches. Yeah, it just broke my heart so many times. Like I, like I told David, I said, I read a stat that said John Elway went nineteen and twelve against the Chiefs in his career. Yeah, I'm like, I had to be honest with you. I thought it was like twenty nine and two. Yeah, like I don't remember beating yeah, that guy twelve that. times. Yeah, you know, like I remember yeah. this guy. You know. I rem- you remember, yeah. like we talked, you remember... Well, the- you know, I like the guys that are humble, and that's just the opposite of yeah. Rose. He has no humility whatsoever, and he also fiddled around on his wife and stuff like that that I don't like. He had character issues. But as far as a ball player, he was in another league. I mean, 4,000 hits, for God's sake. Yeah. Longevity like that, Andy? Yeah. 4,000 hits? He's a modern-day Ty Cobb. Oh, absolutely. Very good, very good yeah. analogy, Great. because, you know... He, old Ty would have those spikes up and yeah. hurt the guys that were trying to tag him out. And that would be similar to Rose. Rose played, you, got, you can't take his ball playing away from him. You might not like him as a person or as, as his opponent, but boy. Yeah, great, great player. Probably not the best human. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there a game that sticks out that just sticks in your craw? Well... You might know it'd be 85. 85. Yeah. Well, that, you and know wait, what? But as the years have gone by, I understand why the why it was so important for the Royals. You know, that was their first one. And they'd been in it since 1969. And they had some good teams. You celebrate like crazy with yeah. something like that. What was heartache for us is we felt we had the better team. That's all. Yeah. And I know you had a lot of good players. but we, And then we didn't have Coleman, you know, and he was a big player in 85. So, and then we, and I always remember that, well, but actually the seventh game was just as bad as the sixth one. If you I would remember. imagine the seventh game was probably. May have been even more. Probably even worse. Yeah. Because, because oh, Andahar lost it, just made a fool of himself. Yeah. And poor Lee Wire, remember old Lee Wire, the big old umpire, big guy, yeah. and he had the chest, he had to come out and dance with him because he's so out of it. <laughs> yeah, I think that, you know, there's a lot of people that, you know, they talk about Super Bowl 55, and they're yeah. like, oh, well, it's such a blowout, you know, whatever. Yeah. And to me, those are the ones where I'm like, yeah, those are the ones where those are worse. Yeah. You know, like if you lose on the last second field goal yeah. or something, you're just right. like, hey, you know what? Yeah. They got us. And, you know, as, like, as I think about it, Andy, I think the seventh one is really worse. Yeah. Because, like, Madison Baumgartner beating us, it's yeah. kind of like, yeah, well, you know, historically good. Yeah. You know, but it happens, you yeah. know, versus like, we lost. We weren't even in it. We right. didn't even show up. No. We we just got worked. You know. To me, those are those are the ones that are that are worse. You know. And and then you start going back, right? Yeah. So you know, like um, I got a, a buddy that's a huge Cubs fan. Right. And Bartman. I remember. That I hate fan. Bar- Bartman. 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 I remember that hey, fan. You know, Steve Bartman. Yeah, Steve did Bartman you? didn't uh, didn't come back and cost you Game Seven. No. That was a game six. You know, it's yeah. always these game six things that, I know. you know. Poor like, fan. I wonder. He probably had to change his name and move. He did. 
<laughs> he did, yeah. You know, they tried to get him when the Cubs finally won. They tried to get him to come back to do some. The Cubs tried to. They invited him back and all that. Yeah. And he's like, no, I'm I'm living in obscurity. Like, <laughs> leave me alone. Um, okay. So Matt has famously said Matt has a list. You know, my co-host Matt has a, yeah. a list of people that he, if he sees them on the street, he's yeah. punching them in the face. Yeah. You got anybody on that list? Is Don Dinkinger there? Let's let's no, get to the. No, not really. I very few baseball players, except for Dick Nye, who hit that home run. <laughs> Cosme. That's, that's it. Dick Nye, probably nicest guy in the world, but I would say you. SOB, you cost usual getting in the World Series <laughs> when it was his last year to begin with. How could you do that to us? And on top of that, you aren't worth a shit as a player. <laughs> uh, what's the craziest thing you ever saw? Well, it had to do with that stealing him home I told you yeah, about with Brummer. That was one of the craziest yeah. things I ever saw. You know, there's a player that I think we should talk about, but you probably don't know a lot about him. Roberto Clemente. Yeah, yeah. Clemente was a fantastic player. Some of the best plays I ever saw were against us and were by Clemente. Yeah, died too young. Died yeah. too young. Oh, uh, did he? Uh, this his... guy, I was down at St. Louis one time, and it's, we had a screen up in the old sportsman. And so the right, right, right field was short, 310, and with this screen. We hit one off the screen, and usually that's a sure double. This guy grabs the ball. It was stupid for us to even run the second. They yeah. had to chase him down, the runner. And that's the kind of arm this guy had. On top of that, he was a great human being. Humanitarian-wise, you know how he died? Yeah, a died plane crash. Plane crash. Taking stuff to Puerto Rico, yeah. his home country. Yeah. People like that and be so talented. And, you know, that's why, you know, one thing about sports that I love, Andy, and it, it doesn't make any difference what color your skin is in sports. It yeah. really does. It's a great equalizer. Yeah, it's a great equalizer. Yeah. This guy's a Puerto Rican guy. I'd love to have him as a neighbor. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You won't have those kind of divisions we have in yeah. in many places. Yeah. Ball don't lie. Right. Right? Like it's yeah. all about your team and who you are. Yeah. It's not about what you look like or anything like that. It's just about how you play. And that's what I love about baseball and I love about all sports. Yeah. All sports. Yeah. It definitely brings people from and they and they everybody's and, got a job to do yeah and a lot of the redneck guys when they get to know these black guys they're fine yeah they see them in a whole different light yeah they didn't see them in their small town of, of lamoni iowa but they see them in, in the ballpark and they play with them and they realize the skin color isn't that important yeah yeah the world would be a lot better place if it was like a ball field yeah like there was yeah. uh yeah uh, for another conversation. Right. All right, let's wrap this one. Uh, where were you when McGuire broke the home run record? Oh, wow. I'm glad you got to that. Andy, I tried to get into that game. Okay. And I could not get in. The tickets were all sold. I'm outside the stadium. And when he hits it, I'm still outside the ballpark. Later on in the seventh inning, they allowed all, all of us in, even though we didn't have a ticket. So I actually got into the game, but I did not actually get to see that in person. Okay, because he broke it. Was it early? Fifth inning? Yeah, third or fourth inning. Yeah. Yeah. And it was barely over the yeah, wall. Yeah, barely hit it. I mean, he had all these monster yeah. home runs, and this one was just barely a home run. It actually, there was a little bit of a slot underneath in this. Yeah. Then it hit in that slot. Yeah, barely cleared the wall. Yeah. 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 And, of course, 
that was a magical year because, you know, he went on and got up to 70. And I saw all of those. The last weekend I saw him. And yeah. I, I saw a lot of his games that year. And that guy, you know, we can say all he wanted about using steroids, but that guy was a monster hitter. You're without the steroids. Yeah, because didn't he, uh, he, well, he had the rookie record yeah. in 87 when he was yeah. skinny Mark McGuire right. as yeah. an A. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. And he and he didn't bulk up until later. I realized that. So there was some problems, I'm sure. But, you know, he actually would show the writers the stuff he was using for a while. It was being in his locker, and they'd say, what is it? Well, he said, this is some medicine I take or something. Yeah, so he was using, he had in his locker, he had androstenodyne. Yeah. Which is a... Uh, Honestly, that would be like me taking this cup and pouring it into a lake. (laughs) Because the amount of steroids that he was, the steroids he was using is where the, you know, steroids are a, uh, steroids get a a bad, a bad rap. Yeah. You know, because. Sometimes they're prescribed. But what they, what steroids do is they allow you to recover faster. Right. Okay. So, and then the human growth hormones, you know, they're, they're very controversial. Um, but they allow you to recover faster so that That's you can right. work out longer and harder and more intense, which yeah. those longer, harder, more intense workouts, yeah. that's where the muscle is going to come. But, you know, same thing with like Barry Bonds. You still have to put the ball. That's right. Every, every player, yeah. the vast majority of the players in major league during that, that time frame that that's those guys right. were breaking, that's right. they were on steroids and it actually started with the pitchers. Yeah, I think it did. The, the pitchers started it. The pitchers would do it to recover. Right, right. So they could get back out and get into their recovery cycle, and so then the the hitters you know, started what's, doing it. What's to interesting keep up with the about all of this, Andy? A lot of the Hall of Fame older guys don't want, want those people in. But you know Gibson. You know what Gibson said? If they would have been available when I played, I'd have used them because it would have wow. given me the edge. And he said I was always looking for the edge. Well, how many of these? <laughs> uh, how many of these '70s and '80s guys were on cocaine? You know, stealing bases and stuff like that on cocaine. I mean, of course they're stealing bases on cocaine. They they thought the chalk line was... <laughs> you ever heard of a guy named Richie Allen? No, tell me Richie, about it. Richie Allen was a player for the Phillies, and he was a bad drinker. A bad drinker. <laughs> and McCarver says one time, the guy hit three home runs. He would have hit the fourth if he wasn't drunk. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last of my, uh, my rapid-fire question. Who's a bigger fan, you or your brother? Oh, definitely my brother. Really? Yeah. He wouldn't miss a game, wouldn't miss an inning. Still. All season long. Still. Yeah. Every and game. And he would, every game. Watches, listens, watches. or? And that, and takes it reasonably if they lose. That's another good thing about my dad. They take it reasonably. Okay, yeah. we'll get him tomorrow. A, a standard cub line. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get him tomorrow. Yeah. No, we won't get him tomorrow because we lost today, goddammit. <laughs> Uh, last question. Um, last two questions, actually. Okay. Last question. Best thing about being a Cardinals fan? It's, it's the fact that we are very successful. Very successful. And, and David knows that very well. We've beaten the Padres many times. And we just have this good success record. Uh, almost against every team. Yeah. We don't have this tremendous record in the World Series. We've probably lost more World Series than most any other team, I would say. I don't know. But we got all these. You see how many uh, yeah. na- National League flags we have, 19, and only 11 World Series. So, you know, we've lost eight out of, out of 19. We, so that's quite a few. That's a lot, a lot of losses in a World Series. And a lot of those have been we've been ahead three games to one, yeah. like we were against the Royals. 
And let's bring it on home with tell me your best memory as a fan. Best memory as a fan probably is uh, just watching many Gibson games and the amazing talent this guy had. He only threw one no-hitter in his career. Guy was a sensational pitcher. Yeah. And we were in an era right then when there were other good pitchers. Juan Marichal for the Giants, Don Drysdale for the Dodgers. That was the big threesome in that era. Mm -hmm. 1.12 earned run average. That's stingy. In 1960. <laughs> that is stingy. <laughs> 20 complete games. So I remember a lot of his games, very flavorful. And, of course, the Musial because of my father more than anything. Yeah. I was there one day when Musial hit several home runs in a doubleheader in one of those trips we made from Iowa. And uh, Stan, another really nice fella, really nice fella. Yeah. You know, and that, that does – now, Gibson wasn't necessarily a really nice guy. He was too competitive to be a nice right. guy. But Stan was peach of a guy. Yeah. And that does influence you to some degree. Yeah, you know, they, they always say don't meet your heroes. Yeah. And then when you meet them and they're nice, yeah. you know, that's, uh, you know, it's a, it's a bonus. Cause, oh, yeah, it is a bonus. I mean, there's a lot of guys that I, yeah. you know, even I, you look up to and you're like, oh, man, I don't know if I want to meet that And guy. I think that's why Patrick, your Mahomes man, is so is such a good good role model. The guy's just really a good guy. You can sense it is. Yeah. He's just a good person. And you can tell that because he's already created something to help kids with all the money he's making. Mm -hmm. And I just, you know, we, when you have people like that, you're really thankful that they are so prominent because you, you want those kind of people to be in the forefront of things because they, they are able to be nice, be gentle, be helpful, yeah. and still play the game with a lot of ferocity, you know. I mean, a lot of aggression. They can still play it. But they don't have to be that way off, off when they're not on the field. Yeah. Well, Bruce, this was a lot of fun. Oh, appreciate you making the uh, making the time much, for coming friend. up. I'm I'm looking forward to coming down and touring the memorabilia yeah, room. We're we'll gonna have to do it, Andy. Up. I, I'm gonna do it. We're yeah. gonna we're gonna figure out a time. It, I'm gonna come down and we're gonna take a look at it. We might even get that son of yours to uh, <laughs> to come over. So, Bruce, thank you. Thank this you, my a, man. This Thanks was a blast. Very much. You bet. All right. All right, buddy, we are back. What do you wow. think? As Incredible. a non-Cardinal fan, as a non-Cardinal fan, I more respect? Uh, oh, yeah, no, I... See, here's the, here's the fascinating thing for me from that <laughs> conversation. Yeah. Is even if you're not a diehard St. Louis Cardinal fan, I don't think you have to be a diehard St. Louis Cardinal fan to appreciate the journey. No. The recall that he has of... Oh, this guy was on, you know, there was this blue pit in game three. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? And, and, and here's the thing, right? And we hear about St. Louis Cardinals fans, right, being the best in baseball. And so it's really hard for me to go, yes, Bruce, this is this is this this is why. But but I'm gonna say, like, Bruce is the kind of guy why, right? Like that's that's why you hear about that being the case. And that's all the good side of it you know, uh, of all of, of the St. Louis Cardinal fan base. So it's incredible. Well, yeah, I mean you know, we do see the uh, we. You know, we're on we're on the Twitter, and we do see the uh, the best best fans in baseball Twitter account, where basically it's the Cardinals fans misbehaving. But you know, I, I think the thing that I appreciate when you, is when you self monitor that it is you're asking for, yeah. especially nowadays. Right yeah. nowadays, you are just going to get absolutely trolled if you if you call yourself the best of anything, right? Or or and especially if it's something like that. Yes. 
yeah it's uh but yeah i mean i think you can understand you know even if you even if you're not a cardinals fan diehard cardinals fan that you can follow this fan's journey you can oh, follow cool. the journey you can relate it to yourself and you know because yeah. and i mean there's things where i have memory recall and people are like that's very obscure Weird. Yeah, I do that with music. I do that, with, you know, yeah. like yeah. Deanna's oh, always that that way with like. I remember, remember all that. in yeah. 1989, uh, Chris Martin took a fun. You know, the Dolphins were on the three yard line and Chris they Martin. fumbled. Dan Marino was their quarterback and they fumbled and Chris Martin took it 97 yards for a touchdown. Oh, yeah. Hell of a player. Chris and people Martin. like uh, we were just talking about Mr. You just brought up Mr. Allen's uh, geography class when we first when we first met, you know, and all the things that have happened since. And like, yeah, that just jogged my memory, you know, a million times over. Hey, I shout out Larry Allen. Class. Larry. <laughs> really? Do you want to tell the Larry wanna... Allen grading? Do you use the Larry Allen grading method, Matt? Do you want to tell uh, people I teach elementary Larry school Allen? that is actually taught in elementary school <laughs> on how to grade actually the Larry Allen method is accepted basically and promoted. Um, but no, I, my favorite is always you, we could just kind of a few people go up there and just chit chat with old Mr. Allen and then the rest of us could just walk out, you know, so that was that was <laughs> always nice in class, you know, uh, yeah. as well. So, yeah, well, we hope Larry covered Allen's... a lot of maps. Yeah, we covered a ton of maps. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, maps. I love that. Love that people would write on Larry's uh, Larry's <laughs> grading. Uh, hey, we know you don't. We know you don't like read these. And he would like write back. Yeah, you're right. And they'd still get credit for it. <laughs> oh, I mean, let let's be honest. Our our high school and bless our high school was full of of these particular types of teachers. Uh, and Larry, thankfully, thankfully, Larry had a uh, Larry had a, a big amount of Idagaf. <laughs> yes, he, he was. Solid a lot of a lot of Idagaf for Larry. Which, believe me, um, at that point in in the career and in yeah. the, in the career of education, you can get that way very easily. So, all right, what buddy. A cool well, story hey, though, Bruce. This was fun, thank Bruce. You. Oh my gosh, you are wow. uh, Bruce is a national treasure. I can't wait to meet. I think I may get a chance to meet Bruce in the future. You know, so that, you have an open invitation to the Fourth of July party. This um, is now turned into a yeah, must. We we may start status. a. We're, we're gonna start a, a Twitter poll or something to get you there. So. Oh, I, it's happening. All right, happening. all right. I'm, I'm awesome, going upstairs man. to tell the boss now. So okay, well we ran a little late today, so I'm gonna let you go. But I yes. uh, appreciate you as always. We'll have a special guest next week, or you know something might come up and me and Matt want to chat. You don't know. You don't know what we yeah, do. We keep you on your toes yeah. right here. All right, man. <laughs> have a great week, guys. We'll we'll see everybody next week. See y'all.